Hello, beloveds. Welcome back to the Return to Joy podcast. I am your host, Gabrielle Michelle Leonard. This is episode 21, and this episode was a long time coming. Get prepared. This is a raw one, and thanks for tuning in again. So this is a podcast episode about repentance and confession. First, starting off with my own. Um, I am... I have been walking in repentance and confession of trying to get it right, trying to be right um, and trying to be, yeah, trying to be right in my own eyes, trying to be right before the eyes of other people. Um, There have been, I know this has been like a four week, oh man, maybe, maybe even more than that. There's been a significant break in between the last time that I've done a podcast episode. And um, I know there was so much grace on that and reasoning for that. There was, there was so much that God's been doing in that time period. Um, (laughs) I even, I even hesitate to share what all God's been doing in in that time period, in that time period, because of what I'm going to be talking about later in this episode about self justification. Um, But, uh, the Lord really has been just, I, I don't know if I have spent more time. I, I'm, I'm a girl who loves the word of God. Um, hopefully and prayerfully, you can see that from the the podcast episodes that you've been tuning into so far. Hopefully you can see that from, um, you can see that intimacy with the with the Lord is my, is, is my deepest desire and where I move from. And um, that that is what anchors me and also what guides me forward in movement. Um, but even still, I have not been in the word like I have been in the word in these last several weeks, um, couple months, actually, even. Um, it is but for sure in these last several weeks. Um, it's it's I mean, it's been less about let me pick up a scripture that I that I, you know, that I know, you know, we know, we've had those moments, you know, like, let me pick up this scripture that I know I can use to refute what this person's saying, or to bring about conviction. Um, so not even referring to that, but just talking about scripture that just simply for me, I'm like, this is like water to me, like I am drinking this up, like I am in the desert, and I must have this, I'm soaking it up. Um, it's just been so funny to me. There's been so many times after, I mean, like maybe it's been a long day at work or there's just been things going on and I come home and I'm like, I don't want to watch TV. I don't want to Netflix and chill. I need the word of God. Um, and my prayer and hope is that that is the same place that you are in or, or even going into, um, again, there's no condemnation if that hasn't been you, but it's, it's, it's something that I don't feel like I've even, I can't, I couldn't muster that up myself. That was the grace of God. That was the grace of God over my life is, is that there would be, he would work in, in me, both the will and the desire to just devour his word in this season. And just to spend so much time in prayer in this season and to spend so much time. I'm so grateful for the family that I live with. Um, we have spent, I I feel like all we do is we wake up, we, (laughs) We spend our own time with the Lord. We share pain. We weep. We rejoice. We com- we call each other out. We call each other. And when I mean that, I mean like up and out. Like we were, we're reminding each other of who we are um, when we're not acting like ourselves. But um, yeah, I, it's just been a it's just been a real raw season for me. And um, 
And but I would not change anything um, about the hardness of this season because it is it is in the fire that we are truly molded and perfected. And I I feel that I am I this feels like one of those seasons and this is my prayer that it, you you would even be able to testify to this. But this feels like one of those seasons when, you know, when you've been in other times and you've prayed and cried out to the Lord that he would do a thing in your heart, that he would, you know, maybe you cried out to the Lord for something that you're asking him for to do within you or for him to do within the world. And then you realize, oh, my goodness, I'm in it. Like I've I actually prayed for this. Like I actually prayed for some of the things going on. And and don't hear me wrong, not not referring to even things like, oh, is God sending certain things, not getting into that, just talking about, man, finding yourself in a season that looks very different than what you would have chosen. But it's like, I I asked for this. Thank you, Lord. The, the things that you are setting up right now, you are using to grow me and perfect me in exactly the ways that I have sought your face for you to do. Thank you, Lord. I welcome your growth. I, I welcome the irons that you've brought into my life that are sharpening me and the iron that I am that you are that you are allowing me to sharpen and, and sharp to be a person that sharpens other people as well, too. Um, but I definitely feel like that's been the season that I found myself in. But at the same time, the reason why I say this episode is about confession and repentance is because I've got to confess and repent to something that I feel like the Lord has been since January has been tapping on my shoulder through different people that I work with in ministry, different people, um, different, whether it's been books that I've been reading or just things that I feel like he's been, he's been just prompting in me, um, over the course of several weeks, months, and now it just has culminated all together. So what is that that I am like, I got to repent? Um, what I've got to repent for is my attention, my deep desire to get it right. And even beyond that, my deep desire to be right in my own eyes. The the inner parts of us, it's like, I got to be right. I got to be right. I need to be right. And even more than that, I need you to see that I'm right. I need you to believe that I'm right. Need to get it right, to be right, is part of the reason of why it took so long for me to put out another podcast episode. And it's so subtle and follow, as you're listening to me, like I, I am praying that the Holy Spirit will tap you on the shoulder because this is in all of us. But I am leading out and saying it is for sure in me, even if you don't believe it's in you. But it is taken like it is taken this long for me to put out a podcast episode because there was a need to be right. Yes, in part, there was a lingering. There was a, hey, I, I don't want to just say anything. There's so much going on. I've got so many feelings. Like, I don't know, like some of these feelings I'm feeling, are these feelings to share publicly? Are these feelings to keep with my inner circle and to wrestle through with them? Is this feelings to share or these thoughts to share for in a dialogue in which the person that I'm talking to can actually talk back to me and it's not something to do on a podcast. There were things that I was wrestling through or even just simply of like my, I do pray genuinely over any episode that I put out there. I'm waiting on the Lord. God, like, would you speak through me? But recently I, um, 
actually in a prayer time, actually I was like, I was, I had just finished reading this book um, or not finished reading it, but a chapter of this book called the Pandora problem that man, I can't recommend enough. I haven't, I know I'm recommending it early before I finish it, but I just finished reading chapter two, which is basically talking about self justification. It's talking about narcissism and all that, all that it's in all of us. Um, and, uh, specifically talking about self justification and shame and the refusal to share pain and express pain. And at the end of it, like, I am just, I'm rest. I'm in prayer and I'm like, man, like, again, the Lord's reminding me of this whole, like trying to get it right. And a friend calls me. It's so cool. A friend calls me up and she's like, Hey, Gabrielle, I just felt the Lord was telling me I'm to call you right now and to pray about whatever you're praying about right now in this moment. And I'm like, well, okay, then I was actually just in prayer. So you heard him <laughs> and, um, her and I are on the phone with one another and I'm expressing to her, I feel stuck still. Like, I feel like, cause I, this is a week that I've been taking to just press in and just ask the Lord, just seek him, just linger with him and also ask him, Lord, what is, what is next? And, um, I was telling her, I feel stuck. I feel immobile. Like I can't move forward. And I have a, I have a feeling, I have a gut feeling. I know a part of it, a part of it is, is this desire to, I'm trying to get it right. I'm so, I'm so afraid of not getting it right, of not being because, and ultimately like not being right. And I was like, just pray with me into that. And so her and I just begin to pray. We begin to confess sin. We begin to um, just like encourage one another in prayer and just and just reach out before the Lord. And at the end of our time in prayer, honestly, I would say we were still in prayer because, you know, I believe listening prayer, hearing God's voice is is a huge necessity uh, part of prayer. But so in the um, at the end of us just vocalizing things to God when we stopped to say, God, what do you want to speak back? What I felt led to ask Jesus was, I felt led to ask Jesus, is there any area in my life right now where I am lingering to get it right instead of lingering in wait and awe of you because I just love you or because I just want to hear what you, what you want to, what you want to do through me? So basically, let me repeat that. I asked Jesus, God, would you search my heart right now? Would you search our hearts? Both my friend that I was on the phone call with and myself. And I asked him, God, is there any area in me right now that is lingering in your presence? Because it's always so beautifully disguised. It looks like it looks like we're trying to be deeply spiritual and we're trying to like just I'm just trying to pursue the Lord. Right. I'm a big advocate for that. I love being in his presence. But Lord, what in what ways am I lingering in your presence? But really what's going on is I'm lingering because I'm actually trying to get it right. And as I sat there and she sat there or was, you know, over the phone with me, we both like pretty much immediately heard the Lord speak something to her heart. It was actually interesting for her. It was writing. Um, there's things that she's written and she's put on her blog that she has like shared and she's and it's not a, it's not even a matter about like oh for a bunch of people to see it and you know and read it and whatnot for her you know if they do awesome great but she said there's been things that she's posted but then it's also been things that she's that she's still that are still on her computer that she hasn't posted and realizing ah like I hadn't done that because there is this fear of oh man for what if I'm wrong like what if I get getting this wrong like and then for me he brought up the podcast that was one of the things he brought up that first came clearly of like, I, 
I have not put out another episode because I've been trying to get it right. Because I've been so afraid of like, what if I'm about to say, like, what if this isn't right? And so um, here's some things I want to talk to you guys about real quick, real quick and briefly that has been kind of swirling around in my head. And I apologize if this is like not put together, eh, but then it's okay too. Um, I, I really, my, my hope and my prayer here is that this will lead you to a self, like to discovery with the Lord of God, search my heart as well. And what, where am I trying to be right? I think it's just, um, there's, I think anytime we try to function in this, like I'm right, or I'm trying to be right, which it's subtle. It's subtle. You've got to ask the Holy spirit to show you that, but ultimately at its core, it's a need to self justify outside of him. Christ is the one that justifies us. Christ is the one that says like, you are, you are right. He's the one that positioned us and, and called us good in Christ. But when we try to step outside of that and we try to go about like getting acquiring our own justification, like acquiring our own righteousness, be acquiring rightness outside of him and apart from him, it is always going to be messy, entangled and lead to all types of dark roads and paths. But it's but the, the hard part is, is deceptive. It seems as if your heart was right. It seems as if your heart was in the right place. I want to like even just mention briefly how we see this in way back going just to the, even to the garden of Eden where it says in chapter three that, you know, the Satan's uh, the snakes approaching Eve. And he says that, um, it says, but the woman interrupted, we may eat the fruit of any tree in the garden, except the tree in the center of the garden. God told us don't eat its fruit or even touch it or you'll die. But the snake said to her, you, you certainly won't die. God knows that the moment you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree produced delicious fruit, delightful to look upon and desirable to give one insight, she took its fruit and ate it. When we try to self-justify, when we try to, when the inner motive of our heart is rightness apart from Christ, we are thus perpetuating and cycling right back into the fall of man. Like what happened in the Garden of Eden? Eve saw the tree, the knowledge of good and evil. To put that into, you know, this day and age, right, we call it the tree of right and wrong. And so, and she may, and I think sometimes we see the tree of life, which the tree of life can be synonymous after Jesus. Now let's call the tree of life synonymous with Jesus, right? And so that tree is there and we can look at the tree of right and wrong and choose, oh, okay, like I'm eating from, I'm eating this and I'm trying to, I'm choosing what is right. But anytime we eat from that tree, we thus like enter into what it leads into and it leads into death. It is it is still even it's called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Even if it was called the tree of uh, right and wrong, like it still does not lead to life. It's apart from Christ. And it's subtle, though. It's real subtle. And that's what the Lord was showing me is that like any time we are functioning out of a need to get it right or to be right, we are functioning in that over. We are choosing that over relationship 
with Christ. We are choosing that over the one who actually is able to justify us. I want to bring up some other just scriptures. I'm just going to like quote real quick. Second Corinthians 521. It says God made the one who did not know sin to become sin for us so that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. Christ is our righteousness. He is the one when we step into him, when we are in harmony with him, when we are in relationship with him. Side note, that word good in the Garden of Eden that that God kept spoken when he was saying it is good. It is good. And even it would have been spoken over man. It's the word tov in Hebrew. And it literally some um, uh, rabbis would would say it could it would mean to be in harmony with God. To be in harmony with God, to be in relate, to be in, in right harmony with him. Like it is Christ's righteousness that we desire, his rightness. He's the only one that's right. He's the only one that's right. The only one. And anytime we try and step outside of that and get it right ourselves or be right ourselves, whether we are Christian, non-Christian, whatever side you want to say you fall on of all the different types of things going right on right now. You will get it wrong in trying to be right because he is the only one that is right. And it's more so of a heart like first what I'm even referring to first is a heart posture is a position in a heart check. Of just asking the Holy Spirit, would you search me? Are there any areas where I'm I'm trying to be right more than I'm trying to be in harmony with you? The other thing that's kind of been swirling around in my head, the thing that I've been wrestling with for myself and also wrestling with that I see in the world, that I see in the church. And I ask the question, is our obsession with rightness due to our repulsion for repentance? Is our obsession with rightness due to our repulsion for repentance? Because I think that we have not clarified and we have not really had a had a good understanding of what repentance is in the church. I think it's been communicated far too often as a one-time thing. You did that when you came into salvation and then boom, check that box. I don't want to have to ever do that again. That was nice. We'll not visit it again. Bought the postcard. I'm leaving that town. I'm done when that is not repentance. I wonder if because we've got this repulsion to to repentance because our relationship with repentance is distant and maybe even absent. We have an obsession to be right because if I get it wrong, I don't want to have to go down that road. But repentance is to be like a familiar relationship, one that we know very well. Repentance is not a one and done thing. It's not a, I'm trying so hard to never have to do that again. Repentance in second Peter uh, chapter three, verse nine, that same word used there for repentance can also be used like for grace in the Aramaic. It's like grace is used there. I find it so interesting that the thing that we so deeply want to avoid, the thing that we so deeply want to get away from is the very thing that empowers us. Like. It was the very thing that led that that preceded the work of Christ. That's another thing to have the Holy Spirit search your heart on is, Father, do I have a healthy relationship with repentance? Or maybe you would ask him, Jesus, 
How do I view repentance? Or Jesus, why is repentance hard for me? What triggers me about repentance? What? When was the last time I have repented before you and before my brethren? Jesus, have I lived my life trying desperately or have I lived the last couple of months trying desperately to avoid being wrong or getting it wrong instead of pursuing being in harmony with you? Instead of eating from the tree of life, maybe ask him, Jesus, instead of eating from the tree of life, have I been eating in this season from the tree of the knowledge of right and wrong? I believe when our relationship to repentance is a friendship, when it's healthy, we are not on a quest to never consult it. We allow repentance to be a consultant in our lives, to have access to us, constant access to us. But that's what comes up in this moment for us is let repentance be a friend, a familiar friend, not a distant one that you ain't called in a while. Not one that you guys don't talk because the goal is not being right. The goal is, is, is a constant relationship with repentance because you are fully aware that it is Christ that justifies. It is Christ that deems that, that clothes you in righteousness and the way we receive that continually is repentance. I think about Another scripture I'm going to drop on you. I think about um, 2 Corinthians 7 verses 9 through 11. Paul is talking um, here and um, I'm not going to get into all the context of it. Where of it? You can do your research on it. But there's a letter that doesn't come up in scripture. Paul wrote a letter that was it sounds like a really hard letter that um, he talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 that we don't actually have in the canon of scripture. Um, but it was a hard letter and it sounds like it made some of the Corinthians kind of bummed. And, um, this is another, um, this is Paul following up with them. If you will, he's talking about it again. I just want to read this to you real quick. He says, now I'm overjoyed, not because I made you sad, but because your grief led you to a deep repentance. You experienced godly sorrow And as God intended, it brought about gain for you, not loss, so that no harm has been done by us. God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance that leads to victory. This leads us with no regret. This leaves us with no regrets. But the sorrow of the world works death. Can't you see the good fruit that come that that has come as God intended because of your remorse over sin? Now you are eager to do what is right. Look at the indignation you experienced over what happened and how alarmed you became. What holy longing it awakened, what passion for God and how ready you were to bring justice to the offender. Your response has proved that you are free of blame in this matter. In this letter here, he's talking to believers. These are believers that are needing to repent. And I, I love that Paul references the 
the sorrow and grief that repentance brings. Repentance is hard. I'm not trying to romanticize it by any means. I get why that would be something that we would so desire to never have to do. I I get it to one extent. But our disdain with that is because of we have more of a relationship with self-justification and trying to be right and righteous in our own eyes. Because one of those things of self-justification, one of those things that happens when we're, you know, perpetual self-justifiers is an inability to share pain. Whether it's sharing our own pain to others, really letting people into that or sharing in the pain that others are expressing to us. Because pain, we don't want to bear pain. It's clear here that one thing that could have worked against this church, the church at Corinth here, is if the level of grief and sorrow they would have to have bore by accepting this hard word from Paul was too much for them. If they were like, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to share in that pain. I don't want to experience that pain. Then they, they would not repent. They would not enter into repentance because they would refuse the pain. They would refuse the grief. But when we accept, when we say, you know what, I'm going to, I want to walk through this pain. I want to walk through this grief. I want to mourn. I want to grieve. I want to enter into godly sorrow. We're choosing repentance we're choosing and we're allowing the Lord to actually bring about a turning back to God. I think that that's even just interesting. Repentance would really be this word that refers to like a turning back to God, to have like a change in mind and in direction. So our self-justification and our need to be right leads us to be like God's in our own eyes, right? If we're willing to confess that, it's ultimately us trying to be like God in our own eyes. But repentance, when we're willing to go there, it's a turning back to God. It's a mind shift. It's a change in direction. I love how in, um, I'll read one more scripture. I love in uh, 2 Timothy 2.25, it says, Then with meekness, you'll be able to carefully enlighten those who argue with you so that you can see God's gracious gift of repentance and be brought to the truth. I just love how repentance and brought to the truth is synonymous. Is like both is happening there. Repentance and be brought to the truth. Because there's only one person that is the truth. There's only one person that is right. It's Jesus. And repentance is the way that we get back there, that we get back to him. Repentance is the way that we get in harmony with him. Self-justification, a need to be right. Even if those right things you feel deeply are like, but this is what I believe. I know this is true. I know this is what I believe. Yeah, but is it is your motive there to be right? Is your motive there to self-justify? You may want to take a look at that. You may want to take a look at that. <laughs> 